This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, boo! It's me, Roz, and welcome to Ghosted by Roz Hernandez. I like to talk to people that I like about ghosts, aliens, cryptid creatures, anything freaky. I have got on somebody that I really like. I mean, I don't want to be dramatic by saying this, but he's truly one of my favorite comedians. And I'm just going to go so far as to say one of the best comedians of all time. A big inspiration to me. And now someone that I feel like I can call a friend. Somebody that I met from this very podcast talking about ghosts. Patton Oswalt. He is back on the show And I hope he comes back again and we have many, many more conversations like the one you're about to hear. But before we get to that, I was looking through my email. God, you should see the weird shit I get in that email. Some of it is good weird. Some of it is spooky. Sometimes I get stories that are a little cute, too. This one right here is from Kelly. Kelly, thank you so much for sending this to ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. 
Kelly writes, My house in Vermont sits close to the road. When I'm washing dishes, I can look out my sink window and see neighbors walking past. They usually glance in and we exchange waves. It's not super private. Okay, Kelly, I'm sorry. This, to me, personally sounds like my worst nightmare, but good for you. I mean, it's charming. It really is. My sister Tracy visited us in July, and we took a trip to Bangor to take the Stephen King tour. It was a long drive, and when we arrived back home, we were tired of sitting. So Tracy, my husband Danny, and I stood around our kitchen island eating pizza. I glanced over to the sink window, and I noticed my neighbor walking past, and I waved to her. She was looking through the window back and forth into the kitchen with a curious expression. She hadn't met Tracy yet, so I assumed she was wondering who she was. She waved, and when she caught my eye, she continued on her walk. When she came back down the road, we were outside, and I called her over to meet Tracy. I introduced them and made a remark about our classy standing pizza dinner. She said, I thought it must be a formal affair, since that man was wearing a white shirt and necktie. I said, what man? She said, the man in the kitchen, standing at the island with you. He was wearing a white shirt and necktie. Where is he? I said, no one was there but us three. She insisted that there was an older man there about Danny's height. Tracy, Danny, and I were all wearing black or dark gray t-shirts. There was no way any of us could have been perceived as wearing a white shirt and tie. So who was the extra guest? Our dad wore a white shirt and a tie six days a week before he retired. He passed away two years ago. The day of the stand-up pizza dinner was July 10th, my dad's birthday. He must have wanted to celebrate with us. Later, I showed my neighbor a photo of my dad, and she confirmed that he was the man standing in the kitchen with us. Oh, my God. That is such a beautiful story. I really love that one. And it's so mysterious because, like, you guys didn't see him in the room with you, but somehow through the glass, your neighbor was able to. It's very mysterious. I don't know how any of this stuff works, but I'm here for it. And I think it's a beautiful story. So thank you, Kelly, for sending that. All right. I'm going to talk to Patton Oswalt once again. He, of course, needs no introduction. I mean, you've seen him on so much TV. He's got his comedy specials on Netflix. I mean, he's the voice of Ratatouille. A true icon of comedy and one of the funniest people ever. Here he is, Patton Oswalt. On with the show. Oh, my God, everybody. I am joined by a repeat guest. Patton Oswald. Hello. How are you? I am very good. Roz, thank you so much for having me back into the etheric, ghostly world of Ghosted. Yes. Oh, my God. It's such an honor to have you on here. You and your lovely wife, Meredith, 
were the first guests that I had when I like changed the format because you know it used to be only people with like ghost stories for the most part. That's right. And I'm like, oh, I hope it's gonna work. And then as soon as I was done with you guys, I was like, it works! Oh my god, you set the bar high. You guys were perfect. <laughs> That's very ironic coming from the fact that, as I said on my last appearance, I have never had any kind of supernatural encounters and could not be more open to it and have never had anything. But that's why it's the best. Like, you're you're very down to get weird. You're open. You're here for it. Also, I heard from the Internet that you're going to be in the Ghostbusters movie. Weirdly enough, yes, I um, spent the summer in London filming the Ghostbusters movie, Uh, got to hang out with Dan Aykroyd, who's had nothing but supernatural encounters in his life. Oh, yeah, his whole family. Oh, yeah. They're like paranormal royalty. (laughs) Paranormal royalty. (laughs) Yeah, it's nuts. And we were in London filming in a lot of old locations that had a lot of creepiness to them. You know, but again, I didn't encounter anything. Drove me crazy. Even with Dan Aykroyd there? Well, you know, I remember I told you the story of a couple of summers ago, I was filming something on the Queen Mary and everyone on the crew had a supernatural encounter except for me. So they were setting up a shot and I'm standing in front of this grand staircase. And then over in Video Village, where I can't see, someone looking at the monitor said, go up there, we got to clear the background. There's a crew member upstairs, there's shadows moving around. And a PA went up there to clear the background and then came back down and said, well, there's no one up there. So I don't know what you saw. And by the way, I had been hanging out in Video Village and it felt like the minute I went and got on my spot, all the spirits went, oh, he's gone. Go over there. Let's start messing around. I bet you that that was the ghost of somebody that was an aspiring extra. They wanted (laughs) a SAG voucher. Yeah. They were there trying to get a little airtime. Get a little health insurance from Beyond the Grave. Yes. Too late now, buddy. You should have got that while you were alive. You know, also, after your last appearance, you hooked me up with your friend, Darcy. Yes. Who does a tour of a place in Orange County that's a haunted, she does like a ghost tour. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The Kellogg House, which is so cool. Have you been? Oh, boy. No, I've never been to that. And I hear it's crazy haunted. Yeah. That's what they say. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was because I had just talked to you, but the ghosts, they didn't want anything to do with me. Yeah, they're like, she's going to go right to Pat and no, <laughs> well, we don't want any of this. I, I feel like, well, here's what I how I equate it. I feel like I'm the person that's in the nightclub or the bar that's way too eager and is giving off needy vibes that everyone just, oh, keep the hell away. Yeah. He's going to write a massive blog. Ugh. Oh, yeah. It's going to end up in one of your specials or something. Yes. So I got to learn to act like I don't care. But I do. I want to see the the netherworld. Damn it. I feel like there needs to be. Do you remember remember there was that show early 2000s that was like the pickup artist or something? And it was like some guy. He had like a big old hat on and he would like tell men like, here's how you get girls. You got to like act like you're not. Oh, I want to be that. But for like people that want to talk to ghosts. Oh, my God. Teach ghost hunters pickup artist techniques. Yeah, I'm sure it applies. I honestly do think that that is true. If you make contact with a Ouija board, wait three days before you get back (laughs) on the Ouija board. Don't immediately put your hand on the planchette, like make them wait. Yes, that's so desperate. Yeah, exactly. They don't want that. No, they don't. Pick up artist techniques to meet spirits. That's actually kind of brilliant. 
Thank you. Can I share with you a case that I did some research on? Oh boy, sure. Here we go. Oh my god. I love how scared <laughs> you get. This is so fun. The last time I did this with you, we had Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Yes. Which is a weird story about a mongoose ghost that talked that said rude things, was apparently cursed and was very rude and inappropriate. Yes. A bitchy mongoose ghost. <laughs> And this is um, also something that spoke. This is the Union Screaming House. Oh, boy. And where is this located? This is located in gorgeous Union, Missouri. Union, Missouri. Have you played Union, Missouri? I have not played Union, Missouri, but I have been in St. Louis. I've been in Kansas City. I've been all through the Midwest. The Midwest is, from what I understand, crazy haunted, not just with the dead, but with the living. <laughs> Apparently the winds. Um, there's an amazing documentary about folk horror, the horror that comes out of like rural settings. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's three and a half hours long. It could have been eight. I would have watched the whole thing. It's so good. Um, Woodlands Dark and Day something. I forget. Anyway. Yes. I think I remember seeing that on Shudder or something. It's on Shudder. But they talk about how the wind over the plains the Midwest drove people insane. It's nonstop and it makes people crazy out there. So, yeah, Missouri, that whole area, absolutely, I believe that it's haunted. And the fact that you you're just said screaming Union House, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. The wind couldn't keep these screaming ghosts away. <laughs> yep. So a book was written by the man that this story revolves around. Oh. Uh, in 2008, it's called The Uninvited, The True Story of the Union Screaming House. Ooh. So there's been a lot of details. I, I didn't read the book. I'm sorry. I don't have time. But no. <laughs> I did read a 2004 piece that he wrote on legendsofamerica.com, uh -huh. which I should be on. Thank you. Hell yeah. So this was before he wrote the book. So he kind of gives the, the beginning, middle, and end. Oh, okay. Which I appreciate. So this is back in May of 2001. His name is Stephen A. Lachance. Oh. Stephen is a single father of three. Okay. His lease is up. He's desperately looking for a place to live. And he and his daughter roll up to an open house, a white two-story home. It's got original woodwork all intact. Oh. The living room is decorated with cherubs. And it's two floors, three bedrooms. The basement has an old butcher shower and a fruit cellar down there. Wait, I'm sorry. When you say butcher shower, what does that mean? Oh, you know, we're a butcher uh, showers. So you got a butcher shower in the basement, as one does. Of course. Yeah. It says the price is good. He really wanted this house. He's like, I need this. It was pretty cheap for what it was. And they were living in a an apartment at the time. And he had three kids. And he's like, I want this house. So... The landlady doing this open house, she's a strange old lady. And he gives her his application and she's like, do you understand the responsibilities that come with owning an old house like this? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay. 
And then a week later, she calls him. He got the house. They go to a restaurant. They sign the papers, which he thought was a little weird. Like, he's like, I want to go see the house. But she's like, "Mm, meet me at Denny's and we'll go over this. (laughs) So as he's moving in, everything's going normal until somebody drives by and they roll down their windows. And they're like, I hope you get along okay here. And then they just like speed off. That is the classic scene at the beginning of every slasher and haunted house movie where the kids are going to the camp and there's the old weird guy. Mm-hmm. That camp's got a death curse on it. Like, it, that's the classic opening scene. In this movie, I want to play the old lady landlady. Like, I hope you're okay with this. Oh, abs, come on. Are you kidding? So, first night is totally fine. Second day, he notices that all the doors in the rooms and stuff have a hook and eye lock on the outside of them as if to keep something in the room, Uh. which is a little suspicious. He's hanging up a painting. He's got a painting of two angels, and he's like, oh, well, it goes perfect with the decor of this living room. So he's hanging it up, and right after he walks away, it just falls down. Okay. Like, whatever, big deal. But it happened twice. Well, that's right then. You're, You're out. Run. So the third time... He puts it back up and he feels a gush of cold air by his feet and it falls again. And he he says that he literally yelled out like, girl, stay. Or I don't know what he said, but he said something. I don't think he said girl, but yeah. He said, girl, stay. <laughs> he says that after he yelled out, it listened. Sure. So then his daughter's playing outside and she's like, daddy, look, every time somebody walks by the house, They go on the other side of the street as soon as they get in front of the house. Nobody wanted to walk right in front of the house. Okay. And he's like, let me see about this. So he goes out there. He stayed for three hours, and he noticed that every single person would cross the street. They didn't want to walk in front of it. And he said that if he was like, hey, hey, girl, they would turn their heads down. Jesus. And nobody wanted anything to do with that. Yikes. So he also, another thing, noticed that there's a tree in the yard that has shedding leaves, even though it was May, and just the one tree. Mm. Little weird. Don't like it. So anyway, it's starting to get scary now. Yeah. One day, <laughs> while they're doing yard work, he tells his son, go get the hose that's in the basement, somewhere near the butcher shower. The kid goes down there. He runs up from downstairs without the hose. He has peed his pants, and he says that something big chased him up the stairs. This is why I don't have kids. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, get down there. Yeah, You are younger (laughs) and faster than me. You will be able to outrun whatever that is. Me with my knees. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, you're the man of the house. Have you (laughs) you had moments like this where you have to like... By default. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a couple of moments where... Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to, I guess, defend the homestead. But one of the times when I had to defend the homestead, um, my wife pushed her way past me and stormed out into the yard with a baseball bat and started screaming at someone while I trailed behind her. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that if push came to shove, I might stand up out of pure terror, but it wouldn't be out of any kind of macho. Like, if there were weird noises in a basement, I wouldn't send my kid down as bait, but I would also (laughs) not go. Stand aside, everyone. I'm going downstairs. Like, that's not happening. Did your daughter ever say, like, there's a monster in my closet or, like, anything like that? Because that's what I would be gone. 
Right. No, she never had any monster in the closet thing. She just had a lot of bad dream stuff where I could just go, well, that's in your head. That can't hurt you. You're just having a dream. And like, I can't go, well, I'll, I'll go into your dreams and fight these monsters. <laughs> right. So, so far, I've been lucky that no, nothing weird under the bed. This is why I don't have kids. And yeah. I probably never will. <laughs> you know, there's that classic, I think it's a creepypasta story, super short story where a father goes into his son's bedroom at night. The son's really scared. It's like, what's wrong? It's like, there's a, there's a monster under the bed. And the father does a classic, well, I'll look under the bed and I'll make sure that there's nothing there. And he looks under the bed and under the bed is his son going, there's a monster up in bed. Ah! <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, exactly. So that's like, whoa. Is that where it ends? That's it. That's the story right there. All you need. Because creepypasta is all about the shock. Right. Some of them are really well done. That's the thing, though. I need to know what the good ones are, because I've wasted some time on some <laughs> that I'm like, this creepypasta is gluten-free pasta right here. This is not pasta. This creepypasta is a little overcooked. This is mm-hmm. zucchini noodles, zoodles. This is not any real pasta. Fuck zoodles. Fuck zoodles. Okay. I know it's all like old school, gender normsy, like whatever. But I'm going to come out and say right now, of all the reasons I transitioned, it's shit like this. This is the number one reason <laughs> that I transitioned is because I'm not being no man of the house. None of that. So hang on. You're saying that ghosts and the supernatural is one of the reasons you transitioned? Just the idea of man of the house. Right, right. You're like, fuck that. I'm not doing any of that. Right. I'm not going to Home Depot. I will say nowadays when I go to Home Depot, it's so much better because before, like, I don't know how to fix anything. I know how to I break everything. And so <laughs> if I go just the like, I don't know, it's just all this gender norm shit that is like so. Oh, no, I, I get it. You know how many times I bought something and then I get home and I'm like, it's the wrong size. I should have Googled what a screwdriver looks like. Well, also, I imagine before you transitioned, you were tall and slender, but also muscular and looked competent. Right. I'm a man who looks incompetent, so <laughs> I never get bothered with that shit. You, unfortunately, tall, you like, oh, that that guy knows. So, hey. What kind of, do I get a T-bolt or, or an N-bolt here? Like, oh God, leave me the fuck alone. So, yeah. Exactly. I never get those questions. I'm always praying that the one lesbian that works there is on shift. And sometimes <laughs> you get there, she's not there. And then I'm stuck. Right. But nowadays, oh, I go in there, I put on a red lipstick. Oh, yeah. I pad my bra and I'm like, who wants to help me? I need a hand. Um, okay, so... Back to this man. What he decides to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. He goes down there with the kids, and I don't blame him. Oh, Jesus. Okay. He brings a couple of <laughs> Brings with him. the kids with him. <laughs> I love it. Oh, perfect. And he says he doesn't find anything. Okay. So at this point, the painting has fallen. You're noticing the neighbors. It's a little weird. At this point, maybe ask if the house has a history or go to the local library. Like, why is he doing it all piecemeal like this? He's single father of three, uh, trying to, you know, it seems like a tough situation when people get in these situations because they're like, fuck, like, I just signed the lease and we just did all this move. That's another thing. I hate moving. So wherever I'm going, I'm staying. That's it. Right, right, right. By the way, all this stuff has happened only in the first week. Jesus, dude. So another thing that happened 
They keep finding that when they come home, the lights are on. All the lights. So one morning, the two boys go in the car before school, and he and his daughter go around. They check all the lights. They make sure, okay, all the lights are off. No one's keeping them on. They get home, and all the lights are on. That would piss me off. Who's paying for that? Now that's costing you money. Exactly. Yeah. But one cost that they don't have to worry about is the air conditioning because the living room is 30 degrees cooler than everywhere else. Ooh, well, that's actually kind of convenient. That's nice. There's been some days lately where I'm like, if a ghost wants to come in here just for like (laughs) a couple hours. Bring your cold spots. Exactly. Is that the way to solve global warming? Help us, ghost. This is why Marianne Williamson (laughs) needs to win. I feel like (laughs) this is something she would do. (laughs) So he notices that all the lights are out. He goes around the house. He's literally working up a sweat trying to figure out how are these lights. Again, another thing I wouldn't be able I don't know what a damn breaker box is. Whatever. He's trying to figure out why the lights are on. Can't figure it out. He's sweating. That's when he goes into the room and his daughter's like, it's 30 degrees. <laughs> she doesn't say that. But she's like, it's colder in here. Uh-huh. And then he goes into the living room and he notices it is. And as he's in there, this is the first time that he feels a presence. He feels like an electrical current going through his body. Oh, boy. This was the first night they all slept together in the same room. Mm-hmm. Yep. So another time, one night, they're sitting in the living room. He's about to go the next morning on a work trip, and the kids are going to stay with their grandma. He sees out of the corner of his eye, like, some movement. And they're all just sitting in the living room, you know, whatever. He sees, like, some movement, and he looks over, and there is the figure of a man, but it's made out of dark mist. It's kind of like swirling around. Classic. Totally. He looks away. Mm -hmm. He looks back. It's still there, which is that's supposed to work. You're supposed to look away. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's still there. He says it starts kind of moving, walking, and then it just vanishes. He decides to keep calm. He's like, all right, kids, we're going to grandma's now. And so they get into the car and his son goes, Daddy, look, the basement monster is standing in the upstairs window. (sighs) So sure enough, he looks, and that same figure that he just saw was looking out the window. Figure at the window. Oh, boy. So, Patton, in the words of the great John Quinones, (laughs) what would you do? I mean, except for it scaring the kids, it doesn't seem to be overtly, like, if it's trying to get people out of the house, it's not doing a good job. It only knows how to minorly annoy people. (laughs) Like, it's not making the walls bleed. It's not... I mean, I guess it could disturb your sleep, but, I mean, the first thing I would do is look into the history of the house. I'd either ask the neighbors to go to the library, was there a murder, was there some kind of thing? But the ghost needs to up its ghost game. Right. It's not great at what it's doing right now. Mm. Remember the Maitlands and Beetlejuice, how they don't really know how to haunt the house all that well? Like, they're, they're just so corny with it. Exactly. They were new. Yeah. 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 So, but say you do find out there was a murder or whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? Uh, whoosh. Maybe get your money back from the realtor. Is there a way to get, like, either a, a reduction in what the, um, you know, mortgage is? Or if you're determined to stay, make it worth your while. If not, leave and try to get like a bonus or damages. Right. And get another place. You know what I mean? It's kind of state by state. Right. I believe the different laws on, I don't know what it is in Missouri, (laughs) but um, I think that some states, they do have to disclose if anything happened. Wow. 
Well, okay. It's funny you bring this up because... Oh, oh, what happens? He is, you know, rifling around his shed and he finds some old belongings of different people. Oh, shit. He's like, all right, I'm going to call that creepy, weird old landlady. Mm-hmm. This is my second scene in this movie. <laughs> and <laughs> he asks her, like, all right, it's a little weird, but has anyone ever reported a ghost? And by the way, do you ever ask, have you ever asked that when you move into a place? I have asked what the, especially in Hollywood, you want to know, like, anyone famous live here? Okay, wait a second. Have you ever lived in a house that was somebody famous's house? That's amazing. No, no, never lived in any. But, but I have a lot of friends who have houses where they're like, oh, yeah, at one point this person lived. here." I had a friend that lived in um, Roddy McDowell's house. Cool. Yeah. And he was just like, based on the number of gay parties that happened in this house, I could take a cup of the pool water to a lab and regrow Tab Hunter. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That was Dana Gould's joke about that. Um, but like Roddy McDowell hosted genuinely amazing parties. We would screen things. So the history of the house was incredible. I love that. And I believe that that vibe can stay around. Yes. Like, you know. Have you ever lived in a place where there was a death or someone famous or a haunting or something like that? Not that I know it, but I've always asked every place I go. And you know what's so funny? I was just thinking last night about when I moved into this place, I asked my landlord, is this place haunted. I said, legally, I have to ask. Yeah, yeah. And he was truly weirded out. He was like, no, what? (laughs) And I was like, how long did the person live here before? And he said, oh, like a really long time. He's like, all the people that have lived here have stayed for a really long time. They love it. Oh. But what I realized last night was I didn't ever ask, did the person move out? Oh, shit. Or is this the last place that they were breathing? I don't know. The phrase, anyone who's ever lived here has stayed for a long time, is weirdly ominous. So back to the story. So when he asked her, has anyone ever reported a ghost? She's a little dodgy. And she's like, what? Ghost? Uh-huh. What's that? And she does say, well, the last two tenants only stayed here for a short time. One of them left their belongings and never came back for him. And then another one left in the middle of the night, never to return again. Wouldn't answer phone calls and anything. She's like, but I don't know about a ghost. (laughs) But I don't know about a ghost. (laughs) So he's on the phone with his mom one night, and the doors are rattling around the house. And he's like, all right, kids, stop horsing around. And it gets more intense. And they're like, you know, rattling, banging, whatever. And he's like, stop it, knock it off. His daughter like comes in. She's like, I'm reading my book and my two brothers are sleeping. What are you talking about? Instantly, the temperature drops. He feels the electrical rush back in his body and he smells a terrible odor. He checks his panties. It's not coming from him. I added that part. And that's a, that's a very human thing to do. So <laughs> He hears a screaming of a man. And it's getting intensely louder and louder. The whole house comes alive, shaking. His daughter is screaming in her room. He goes up there and it is locked. He cannot get it open. He's trying, he's doing whatever he can to bust it open. And he hears something coming behind him. He finally gets in there. She is literally in shock. He grabs her, gets the boys. They run outside. Everyone's screaming. 
They're hearing the same male screaming coming from inside the house. They go into the car and they're just like looking at the house and they see the dark figure pacing around looking for them. Okay, first off, better job, Ghost. That's a little more aggressive and creepy. Yeah, everything else was a dress rehearsal. Yes, exactly, yeah. He was trying out some new material, didn't work. Yeah. Went back to the classic stuff because that is classically scary as shit. Totally. Yeah. He's like, you know, this worked the last two people. That stuff, I'm fucking gone. You got me there. Well, you can't live. That's unlivable. No. Where does it go from there? You know, it's only going to get worse. They never came back, except he did come back to get belongings and he brought people with him. And every time they did, they heard a whisper. They heard, you know, all kinds of stuff. And again, this was in 2004. He has since written a book. And apparently his book goes into way more detail. Like there's a lot more to it. Did anyone move in after him? It's as if you're psychic, the way you you ask me the questions that I got ready for you. Here we go. So he says that someone he knows saw a family running out of the house in their jammies in the middle of the night with the cops driving up. Wow. This was in 2004. He also says in 2004, apparently the landlady couldn't get anyone to stay there, so she turned it into a dog kennel. So that's... (laughs) Those poor dogs! That's horrible. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. The screaming, the barking, that is the story of the Union Screaming House. Hell yeah, it is. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but Watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed. But will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Can I, uh, can I show you a haunted doll? Oh, God. Roz, this is where I have some problems with you. <laughs> and we we talked about this last time. Haunted objects, haunted mirrors. Ha- there's all kinds of haunted objects everywhere. Uh-huh. And you actively troll eBay, Etsy, whatever. I don't know where you find this shit. Yeah, a lot of times it's eBay. 
Yeah, you're the Sarah McLaughlin of haunted dolls. You're adopting these fucking things. No, I'm not adopting them. I'm just talking about them. Maybe it's safe because because this is over Zoom. So I've got like two levels of separation going on. So this should be okay, right? Oh, yeah, you're fine. Also, stay in your you know, desperation. I want to see a ghost. Oh, shit, you're right. Wait, wait, wait. Ooh, let me see this haunted doll. I can't wait. Maybe the spirit will jump into me. Yay, let's do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Now we're now we're safe. Go ahead, do it. All right, it's time for a segment I like to call The Dolls Are Living. <laughs> so, this doll does not have a name. Mm-hmm. She's got no bids. Mm-hmm. Currently $20. Jiha, could you throw up the doll for us, please? There we go. Ooh. Well, okay. First off, this is clearly made in more modern times. Yes. Those weird dark circles in the eyes. You notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Like the doll has insomnia. Yeah. It's not good lighting for the doll. This one doesn't creep me out as badly as the ones you showed me on my last appearance because this doesn't have that weird antique veneer. Yes. A lot of these dolls, they are clearly antique. A lot of them are handmade. This is clearly polyurethane rubber mass produced. Yeah. Why do they say this doll is haunted? Well, and this doll too, like beautiful eyes. Um, She is Joe Rogan bald. (laughs) Yeah. But this one uh, allegedly has a demon. Oh, so this person wrote, I got this doll from my friend who didn't know a demon's soul was attached. (laughs) I cleaned up the doll, not knowing, and ended up making her mad. She scratched the shit out of my arm, but I made peace with her once I made her the dress that she's wearing. I would keep her, but she is not getting along with the other spirits in my home, and I need peace in the home. She seems to be understanding, but she needs respect. If you do not show her respect, I'm sure she will become your nightmare. So please only take her if you will take care of her properly. I gotta think a demon that chose that doll to hop into is not the most powerful or intelligent demon. There are creepier dolls that you can haunt. That is such a generic looking doll. Maybe it's the the only doll they had. Maybe, but that would be like, How can I put this? That would be like haunting a cheesecake factory. (laughs) Why? Like, there are creepy old houses you can jump into. But you're right. Maybe that's the only thing that this thing had available. That's a technique, though. You go where you're not expected, you know? Oh. Maybe you'll get more results. Maybe you'll scare more. But I don't know. I also think of it. I've made this comparison before. It's sort of like sometimes you see a sad video of a hermit crab that's now stuck in a 7-Up can because, like, that's all they had. They didn't have a shell anywhere. Okay. um, Ask your producer. There is either a picture or a video of a hermit crab, and all they had to use as a shell was a doll's head like a baby doll head and it oh is the creepiest goddamn thing you've ever seen creepy doll but with crab legs coming out the bottom how ironic that i just made that comparison yes exactly jihad do you by any chance have that yes there it is oh my god uh... nope Nope. Honestly, it's kind of fabulous. It looks like the doll has like a really cool, like punk rock 
hair. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. It's kind of orange. Yeah. You know what? I don't hate that. Yeah. If you look at it like that. It also kind of reminds me of that scene in It, the original one, where they're like at the Chinese restaurant and they have yeah. the fortune cookies and one of them's like a little crab. Uh-huh. <laughs> or that scene in John Carpenter's The Thing where the severed head suddenly sprouts legs and antenna and then walks away. Yes. Well, Patton, can I play you some ghost voices? Yes, let's do it. It's time for EVPs or EV please. <laughs> All right, Patton, you know how this works. I go to TikTok, YouTube, wherever, or people can send them to me, and I find electronic voice phenomena, alleged recordings of ghosts speaking, and I'm going to play you two of them. I want you to tell me what you think this ghost is saying, and then I'll give you some options, the correct answer being what the person that posts it believes it's saying. So this first one is from Sequaria underscore Raven on TikTok. Okay. And it's at an abandoned school in Kentucky. Oh, boy. All right. What is it saying? Ooh, that is aggressive. Yeah, it's... I'm going to play it again. Oh, wait a minute. I'll do it again. It's like, don't take yourself back. Or don't take don't take that book back. Like, it, it's angry that something's being taken. Oh. Or like the way that someone like is lecturing you. Don't you ever do. Like, it has that <gasps> rhythm to it. Yes, it does. Well, here's some options. Okay. If that's not what they thought. Is it A, I said my name's Matt. Is it B, I just said that. C, Turn up the thermostat. Or D, I was gonna eat that. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, it's the second one. Yes, I just said that. Yes, I just said that. I hate that tone. It feels like the idea of that's a ghost or that's a spirit that's stuck in a moment, a loop of pure rage, and they're just going to relive that moment. Totally. That's where they exist forever. And I'm sure somebody was like, ooh, it's, you know, I don't know, it's cold in here. And then the ghost was like, yeah, I just said that. Right. Oh, boy. And it sounds young. It sounds like a pissed off teenager. Mm. Imagine being a pouty teenager for eternity. I absolutely know what that's like. <laughs> so here's another one. Okay. This is from at 2794Jess right. on TikTok. What is it saying? It's way more whispery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. One, one more time. One more time. I don't like it because it has like a, um, it reminds me of like the poltergeist, like when she's yeah. like talking through the TV, it has like that yeah. kind of layered thing to it. Wait, let me play it again. It sounds like it's saying exactly. This is going to be a new thing for the network. Exactly right. Oh, that should be the. <laughs> well, that's not what they believe. Okay. What, what are the options? Is it A, oops, I shat. 
B. Hold on one sec. C. Who is that? Or D. And just like that. Maybe they have a subscription to Max. I think it's I think it's C. Who is that? Yes. Yeah, who is that? Maybe, you know, there's that theory that when we contact ghosts, in a way, we're haunting them because it's someone yes. in time and they're hearing a weird voice. So that's someone in the future with a some kind of Ouija board or something like, who is that? Mm-hmm. What was that voice? I think that's what's going on. I hate it. Oh, I fucking love this. Well, how is this not a game show? All right. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Well, not not an EVP, just one more quick little thing. Oh, I just I, I'll throw out a couple of things. And I'm just curious if you have, you know, any anything to say about these things. Oh, sure, sure. Superstitions. Yeah, there's this great phrase. Superstition brings bad luck. Like, in other words, if you follow a superstition, you are creating the structure to have then bad luck hit you because you can't follow the strictures of a superstition forever. Mm. In other words, bad luck doesn't exist until you put the superstition around it. So it's like when a when a ball player is in a pennant race and he wins the first game, so he's like, okay, I'm not changing these socks. Then the socks create the condition that, okay, well then if you change the socks, then you're you're destroyed. I take a reverse view of superstition. If you bring rituals in, superstition follows them. So do you have superstitions? I do, and I'd rather not talk about them. No, you don't have to. But I do have them. But so you do believe in that sort of thing, and you? Oh, at, yes. I mean, superstition is rubbing shoulders with OCD. I think mm. it's just another version of it. OCD is the, the scientific name we put onto superstition, <sighs> and a lot of superstition is about. It's like when you don't tell anyone your mantra if you meditate. So I just I feel like if I reveal what the superstition is. And that gives bad luck free reign to do whatever the fuck it wants. It makes the it makes the rituals powerless. Which is a superstition in itself. Which is another fucking soup. God damn it, Roz. You're right. Yeah. Fuck. If I'm up for a job or something, I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't tell anyone. It'll ruin it or whatever. Yes, I don't want to jinx it. So you hang on. You also have superstitious structures and rituals. Filled, filled. <laughs> To the brim with superstitions. And there's certain things like before I go on stage, like I just gotta, I always have to do it. Oh, yeah. But I try not to do like something where like my lucky underwear or whatever. I try not to do like that kind of a thing because like, what if I didn't have it on? Oh, my God. Like then I'll panic. Exactly. So it's more like mental things or like little things that I can do or like not saying certain things like that I'm up for a job or whatever. Like, it's more like that. It doesn't have to do with any object that you have to have with you because that leads to disaster, I feel like. An object always gets forgotten. That's the thing. Uh Uh-oh. I do have a lucky ring. Oh, really? Yeah. But but I like to tell my... Because I know that thing that you had said. And I like to think if I don't have it, I still still have whatever I... The power within me. Yeah. Um, wait, so I saw you went to Stonehenge. Do you have any paranormal theories about that? My God, there are so many paranormal theories about Stonehenge that it is a weird, um, much like the pyramids, it's a power focusing point, I guess. Other people say that it has to do with how they told time or the sun. Again, I don't, I don't know enough about it. I do know we had just missed the winter solstice. We were there. It was after Christmas that we went there. 
and the and our tour guy was like, "Yeah, if you'd been here on the twenty first, every it is this is the biggest freak magnet on the planet. <laughs> they come from miles around, and you just missed it. No, no, I'm sorry, that's wrong. We were there on the twentieth, and we could see all of the camper vans and caravans were lining up. And our tour guy was like, "If you stayed another day." Tomorrow, it gets insane out here for the spring and uh, autumn equinox and the summer and winter solstice. That's when Stonehenge goes nuts. I want to do that. That sounds fun. Yeah, but I don't know enough about Stonehenge and ley lines and all that stuff. But I do know that it was it's significant pagan. And again, you got to watch that documentary. I think it's called Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched. Yes. But did you feel a vibe? No, because I was so jet lagged. And um, <laughs> so I think that's what kept me off of any kind of vibe. Um, I have felt weird vibes places. Again, never been haunted, but I've been places where I'm like, clearly something fucked up has happened here. Like I I got a background tour of Alcatraz once. <gasps> and I was like, this is like bad. The architecture itself is designed to affect you mentally and physically. Totally. And whoever designed Alcatraz was a sadist. I was just thinking, like, it would be such an interesting study or whatever to, like, be blindfolded and put in a place and knowing it's Alcatraz or knowing whatever, I'm sure that affects. Right. But I wonder, you know, just going to a place, if any of us can be like, it feels like something bad happened here, you know? I don't... Yeah. We've all been places where they're like, okay, something shitty went down here. Oh, totally. There's certain places I perform sometimes where I'm like, what is this vibe? I'm actually about to go down to San Diego for the Comic-Con later this month. And there's a big hotel down there called the Hotel Coronado, which you will famously remember from Some Like It Hot. It's where Joey Brown and all of Joey Ross and all of the bachelors are waiting to hook up with young women. Oh, I know all about it. And the Coronado is supposed to be crazy haunted. And people who never had ghost encounters still go there and go, oh, there's a vibe. Something went down there. You know what? One time I was, this was in my early 20s, I was dating mm -hmm. an older gentleman. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I got the weekend free. We could go anywhere. Where do you want to go? And I was like, Hotel Del Coronado? <laughs> yep. We went and um, there was no ghost. But there is a room that is like the haunted room, the woman that haunts the place. I want to say her name is Kate Morgan, I think it was her name. Anyway, <sighs> maybe you can request to go into the room. Something. For some content so you can come back. You got to start taking this on the road and do like live shows or like a live broadcast. Don't you worry. It's all in the plan. Oh, okay. Good, 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 good. Well, what about you? That's about it. But what's going yeah. on with you? What do you want people to know? It's already been out a month. My new trade paperback, Minor Threats, collecting the first four issues of my Dark Horse comic, Minor Threats, is available in comic book stores and bookstores. I hope you buy it at a comic book store or bookstore. If, if you got to buy it online, go to bookshop.org. And then in about a month from now, I'll be announcing my fall tour, uh, new dates, uh, new cities. So stay tuned for that. Ooh! Yeah, it's all coming. This is amazing. Thank you so much, Patton. Roz, as always, this is fascinating, horrifying, very uncomfortable. Please have me back in a few months. I would want nothing more.
Thank you so much to Patton Oswalt. I hope to have more conversations with him and all kinds of guests very soon. Next week, I will be back. You know what I like? I always appreciate when people send me that they heard some celebrity talked about their ghost experience or someone that they like. I like suggestions. I like, you know, people go, hey, have you ever talked to this person or that person? I love that kind of stuff. Funny people, cool people. You get the vibe. You see what it is. If you have any of those, you know, send it to my Gmail or tag me on Instagram or something like that. You know how to find me. All right. I'll be back next week. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye. This has been an Exactly Right production. Want to share your paranormal experience on the podcast? I read stories out loud, and sometimes I'll even call you. So email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. You can send a DM or voice message to the show's Instagram at ghostedbyroz. Give us a follow while you're there. And follow me, Roz, on Instagram at Roz Hernandez and on TikTok and Twitter at It's Roz Hernandez. My senior producer is the startling Jiha Lee. Associate producer is the alarming Alex Chi. This episode was mixed and sound designed by the eerie Edson Choi. My guest booker is the petrifying Patrick Kotner. Additional production support from the hair-raising Hannah Kyle Crichton. My theme music is by the spine-chilling Brendan Lynch-Salomon. Artwork by the spooky Vanessa Lilac. Photography by the terrifying Elizabeth Karen. Executive produced by the chilling Karen Kilgareth, the spooky Georgia Hardstark, and the frightening Danielle Kramer. Follow Ghosted by Roz Hernandez on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit ExactlyRightStore.com to purchase Ghosted by Roz Hernandez merch.